Yoan, hello. Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. And we're wondering, do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? I do, and boy are my arms tired. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Thank you. That's a good This week we're looking at Season 2, Episode 23, Truth or Conquest. <gasps> Conquest, you say? The big scandalous one. This first oh. aired May 13th, 2005. It was written by Jessica Wright and Alexandra Zeroni and directed by Marnie Benek. We get some returning guest appearances, uh, Lauren Collins as Blair and Mandy Butcher as Nicole. I know, man. You'd think she'd have them figured out by now. Girls who date River Pierce always end up getting hurt. Guys, this is Lily we're talking about. I mean, maybe River's just some sort of face. So Lily and River are dating. Oh my goodness. And the three boys are like talking about how, oh, I don't know about this whole Lily and River thing. Bah, bah, bah. And Travis is like, guys, it's Lily. Come on. She's she's smart. She's got a good head on her shoulders. And like Lily does this great entrance where she kind of like sashays by. She's like, hey, idiots, you miss me? <laughs> it's not idiots, but it's like she says something like that. And she kind of sticks out her tongue at them. And they're like, oh, Lily. But then like River kind of sweeps her off her feet. <laughs> idiots, you miss me? <laughs> something like that <laughs> river kind of swoops in and twirls her around and then like kisses her in the hallway and the the guys just have like an icy stare particularly ray like ray's ray's pissed next we uh we go to lillian parker eating pudding i'm so glad the return of the chocolate pudding Wait, I, I, as soon as the scene starts they're just like sitting on the hallway floor eating a couple of pudding cups and sammy just looks the, at them and goes <gasps> pudding <laughs> It's just it's kind of like favorite on, character in the show. It's yeah, it's the pudding. Honestly, it's another one of those things that I didn't really like notice the first go around, and it really, it really is a recurring character on the show. It's just uh, chocolate pudding and Lillian Parker's mutual affection for for chocolate pudding cups, which I also share. You gotta love a chocolate pudding cup. But basically, Parker's there to talk to Lily about how she misses Lily because she's spending all this time with River. And uh, it kind of becomes a recurrent theme where uh, Robbie and Ray are chatting in the hallway and Robbie's like, oh, I've written my, my latest article and it's an expose on the nutritional content in the cafeteria food. And Ray's like, hey, you should write a story about how River and Lily are joined at the hip and also River sucks. <laughs> now Ray's really on the River sucks train. And you think Robbie would be like really ready to join him, but uh, that's not his focus anymore. No, it's uh it's Blair. <laughs> and uh oh, it's it's uh Robbie goes to drop off his story and Blair's just like, "Hey sexy, is that your latest story?" And I'm like, ah, "You guys are babies, don't say that." <laughs> Robbie's like, "Do you want to look it over?" And Blair's like, "I'm sure it's great. Now you get out of here. I'm too distracted." Robbie and Blair really it's more than a flirtation. It seems like they're full on going out. I've never felt like this, waiting for a kiss. My knees are shaking, my heart is quaking, hoping I won't miss. We get a Lily song, which is exciting, and it's really cute. It's about how she just wants someone to kiss her. And uh, she sings this really cute song on RFR, and the... <laughs> The boys are all being super weird about it. Ray's like, it's a nice song, Lily, but maybe maybe it's a bit too forward. You got to take things slow in relationships, you know? 
And the guys are all like, yeah, like they're all kind of uncomfortable with Lily dating River because they're they're untrustworthy of River's character. And Lily's like, oh, I get it. You guys are just uncomfortable about people who really go for it in relationships. I think if you find somebody you connect with, you just got to jump right in. And all the guys are like, but it's River though. Then Mickey's uh, Grace is trying to tell Ray something. Poor Grace, who we haven't seen in a little bit. Ugh. <laughs> she, she does not deserve this. No. Um, Lily and River are essentially sharing a milkshake uh, on a couch, and Ray's kind of staring at them while pretending to listen to Grace and doing it poorly because Grace is like, Ray, you're not listening. And Ray says, Sorry, what was that? I wasn't listening. <laughs> Oof. Oof. It's bad. Grace looks where Ray's looking, and she's like, we can just join Lily and River. It looks like they're having fun. Ray's like, okay, great. Like, again, not not really getting the meaning of things. Ray just, like, Ray just sort of blunders his way into things as usual. So he goes over to the, to the two of them, and he's like, hey, guys, what are we doing? And they're like, we're picking a movie to watch tonight. And he's like, great. So it sounds good. And they're like, we're alone, Ray. No. And then the two of them leave. And Grace is like, well, that was rude. And he was like, yeah, they didn't invite us. And she's like staring him down because, oh, he's, he's so dumb. He's such a big, dumb boy. He's such a big, dumb boy. Yeah. Yeah. And doing that classic, like, hey guys, what are we doing? Like trying to insert himself in and just, just be, be a wedge. And he, he just like eats the strawberry that's left over in the milkshake while Grace is just looks so sad. Travis, Travis is looking very much me and intellectual as he sits outside with his classic tan and brown polo and i think it's the george jacket but it doesn't have the george patch on it which what is happened to george what happened to george fuck but uh <laughs> he's sitting outside and it's the evening and there's like a candle on the outdoor mickey's table and he's reading the paper and uh robbie joins him and travis asks how his date with blair went because i guess robbie and blair went out on a date robbie's like we saw a documentary then we made out and it was fun yeah what was it on like the criminal justice system yeah it was on the justice system that's good make out fuel Mm. oh it gets me riled up thinking about injustice travis ends up revealing that uh Robbie's article turned out very differently in its final version. The headline is different and things have been rewritten uh, in Robbie's words to make them flashier. And Travis says, well, it's already printed. What are you going to do? And Robbie's like, I'm going to talk some sense into her is what I'm going to do. So Robbie's Robbie's pissed about, I guess, his journalistic integrity or what have you. Um, and then we go, it's the, oh, uh, it's the, the big scene. It's the the most scandalous thing, I think, to ever come out of this show. Series. So yeah. Lily and River are in Lily's basement. The movie finishes and they're just chatting. And then the lights in the ba- basement flash and Lily's like, okay, dad, he's leaving. It's like, that's her dad's signal that no boys mm-hmm. get him out of there. Um, and River's like, yeah, I guess that's my cue to go. And Lily's like, well, maybe a couple more minutes. They end up falling asleep. Then, yeah, just having a cuddle. Yeah, they're just falling asleep. And then, like, 7.30 the next day, Ray just walks in the basement door. Why does he do that? <laughs> just walks in, and he's like, hey, Lily, like, I guess because they were going to meet up and go to school together, sees Lily and River under a blanket and just kind of, like, runs out the door. Yeah. And then reports this news to the boys the next day. Just like, oh my God, Lily and River are sleeping together. This is so, so much more serious than we thought. 
And Ray's like freaking out. And Travis is like, maybe, maybe this isn't what you think it is. And he's like, no, they're sleeping together. And who overhears it but Grace? We get this like dramatic very turn. dramatic turn where they walk by her and she like whips around and she's kind of got like one hand up almost posed and she's got this little hair flip of like, what? Is that a <laughs> yeah, scandal? It's I very hear? good. Oh no, Ray. Oh, Ray's gonna fuck everything up for Lily again. Oh, it's gonna be bad. Like this, this is a pretty like scandalous plot for a show that was airing on Family Channel at the time. But I fully didn't understand what was going on. I didn't yeah. know like that there was a meaning behind the term sleeping together. So I was like, oh, why is it? Is that bad? Is that so bad that they fell asleep? Like, I did not understand as a kid at all. I don't think I got it either. I, I think, yeah, it was just like, oh, you can't have a sleepover with with the boy that's bad. Like, I didn't get that it was a, a euphemism for something that they clearly weren't going to say, except in the context of, hey, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine to call a 14-year-old sexy, but we can't, we can't say sex in here. We can't. We can't talk about safe sex and sexual education. No. <laughs> That'd be oh, crazy. Boy. Oh, so you saw your article, huh? Isn't it great? Everyone loves it. You can hardly call it my article. You stripped it down to nothing. Um, it's called editing. So Robbie and Blair are chatting about the article, and Robbie's upset because he says, this doesn't even sound like me, and... Blair's like, look, your article was informative, but it wasn't interesting. Like, writing for newspapers is different, which is perfectly valid. You gotta, you know, write stylistically, and ultimately she's the editor. What have you. And so she's like, why don't you try things my way? Your next article's due tomorrow. Which, holy shit. <laughs> like, you just finished one. Yeah, Jesus. This is these, not a professional newsroom. These kids have homework ever? Yeah. Well, we know that they read, like, ten novels. <laughs> Read so many books in their English class. Maybe that's the thing is they have underfunded science and it's all just, it's really just a literature school. Oh, that's fine with me. I'd do that. Yeah, I'd be down. One of my colleagues has a, a daughter in high school right now and they're doing quadmesters where they focus on two subjects at a time for half a semester. And oh. right now their semester is phys ed and civics and careers. And if that doesn't sound just awful. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, hard pass. Hard pass on that. I did the minimum required of me for phys ed, and then I, no. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Like, I, I would love, like, a very um, focused, controlled way to be active right now that, like, yeah. incentivizes me, because that's been one of the big things right now. But in the high school context, in, like, a school no. gym context... No, never. Grace and Shitty Nicole is back. Grace's uh, snooty friend who doesn't like Ray. And they're they're chatting. They're gossiping about something. And Grace is like, oh, I can't hold it in anymore. But you have to promise not to tell anybody. And essentially relates what she's overheard about R Lillian River. And Nicole's like, oh, yeah, I won't tell anybody. But we get a gossip montage. Except this one's a bit more active. It's not just two people standing in one corner of the school and kind of like. <laughs> yeah, we get like people whispering in each other's ears. We get people passing notes in the hallway. We get all these like, close-ups of scandalized people. And then it builds yeah. up where like we see a guy come and whisper in Ray's ear and tell him. Oh. And we just see Ray being like, oh, no. Oh, oh no. I fucked up. Oh, I don't, up. man. Lily and Parker are walking along, and Lily's like, I feel like everyone's staring at me. And Parker's like, you're the one wearing pigtails. And she's like, you know what? There's a reason people are staring at you. And he's standing over there. And I don't I don't think Parker knows the rumor because she would have told Lily. Yeah. I think she's just like, oh, you're, you're dating the it guy at school. That's why people are staring at you. Yeah. Uh, outside of the station, 
Travis and Robbie, who we're finally get some getting some Travis and Robbie bonding. We were we were just noticing how we weren't getting that that uh pairing for a while. So it's nice to have that pairing back. Robbie runs his new article by Travis, and Travis is like, yeah, you know, it's punchy and it's whatever, but it's it's not it's entertaining, but it's not you. You have a distinctive voice. And as we were watching it, Jody's like, that's not entertaining. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Travis is kind of on the side of like, you know, you're, you're, this isn't your voice, which I don't know, maybe it isn't, but then maybe he shouldn't be writing for the Oracle. I don't know. We'll see how this turns out. I mean, it's, it's the whole Cougar Radio thing, just in a different format, right? You know, it's yeah. all... I want to do this thing, but oh, mm-hmm. would you believe that a school-controlled piece of media is controlling yes. the scandal? Robbie just angrily starts like a live journal or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the spinoff. It's just like a text-based spinoff. It's just Robbie's angry live journals. <laughs> Ten years later, he's still blogging about River it, Pierce. He's been going this whole time. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Can you imagine there's a secret live journal written by <laughs> Robbie McGrath? Just 15 years worth of live journal posts. Ray walks in all pissed because he's convinced, you know, Travis is the one who spread the rumor because he, he's the only one who Ray told. But Travis says he didn't say anything. So they're trying to figure out who would have done it. And the guys all go to River. River must be the one telling people. Yikes. So it's a big old scandalous time for our crew. So I guess we're going to yeah. see how that shakes out in the fallout of Lily finding out about this big old rumor. Oh, that's going to be a bad time. So this week we are looking at Babar. So Babar oh, first Babar. aired. Oh fuck, it's Babar. Oh fuck, it's Babar. <laughs> So Babar first aired from 1989 to 1991 and was a Canadian and French production produced by Nelvana. So it is based off the work of Jean de Brunoff and his son Laurent, who are French writers and illustrators. Jean published the first Babar book in 1931. Did you know that Babar went that far back? Wow. I mean, it makes sense. It feels old. Like you watch Mm. Babar and it feels like this isn't contemporary. (laughs) This feels like it was written by an old Frenchman in the Depression. (laughs) Yes, actually. (laughs) So the Babar books began as a bedtime story that Cécile de Brunoff invented for her children, Matthew and Laurent, when they were four and five years old, respectively. She was allegedly trying to comfort Matthew, who was sick. The boys like the story of the little elephant who left the jungle for a city resembling Paris so much that they asked their father, a painter, to illustrate it. So Jean published six books before his death in 1937. And then after World War II, Laurent took up the mantle and started continuing the Babar books and followed his father's work with such accuracy that readers did not notice the change in authors, assuming that the delay between books was just because of the war. Wait, so did Cecile? Did Cecile get any credit? Like she's the one who told the fucking stories. She she is like credited as like coming up with the initial ideas. She didn't come up with the plots for all of the books, but like oh, the, okay. the initial thing was a bedtime story, and then like the I see. it was built up. But yeah, all they, right, credit they, your they, mom. They still credit it, but um, Laurent has always been careful to emphasize that Babar was his father's creation, and that he continued the series largely as a way of keeping the memory of his father and his own childhood alive. Oh. Yes. So that's that so nice. Sweet little father-son legacy story. Uh Laurent is still around. Laurent is 95 and has produced wow. dozens of Babar books. Is his own kid continuing Babar? 
Well, Probably not. <laughs> let me tell you. Got some stuff coming up. Oh, fuck, is Bevar lit now? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and uh, in a shock to nobody, the series was produced by Michael Hirsch, Patrick Lubert, and Clive A. Smith of Nelvana. So a little bit about the show. When when I first read the synopsis of this show, <laughs> I thought somebody had edited it as a joke. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound real. I had... I. I remember seeing bits and pieces of Babar. Like I remember it being on when I was really little before I went to school, like yeah. when I was when I was a really little kid and all you did was sit around and watch Treehouse. Like I remember it yeah. being on, but I, I didn't know any of the plot of it. So <laughs> this is this is the Wikipedia synopsis. Babar is a young elephant who, traumatized by a hunter slaughtering his mother, flees Jesus from Christ. his home forest to the city where a kind old lady adopts him and teaches him the ways of human life. He returns to his home forest full of ideas for progress and, following the previous elephant king's death from eating poisonous mushrooms, hatches a plan to drive out the unnamed hunter and his men. For his heroism, Babar is crowned king of the elephants. He plans and builds Celesteville and grows up to become a father himself. Holy shit! Who knew Did you know Babar that was had such a dark Babar origin story? Started? Jesus no. Christ. I, oh I will say that that's the Wikipedia synopsis. Before I read that, I read the fandom wiki synopsis, which is very similar, but also starts the line, <laughs> Babar was born in the jungle and his mother was killed from the hunter before he became literate. This fueled an intense <laughs> rage inside of him. <laughs> so I read that and I was like, who who edited this? That can't be the plot of Babar. And then I looked at the actual plot and I was like, that's the fucking actual plot. That's the actual of plot of Babar. <laughs> Freaking excuse Can you imagine me? if like can you imagine if him Bambi, like Bambi grows up and then just comes back and gores the hunter to death? Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's just oh my god. But yeah. this is from a 2013 National Geographic interview um, with Laurent. He says, We were at my grandfather's house on the east side of Paris. We used to go there for the summer and meet our cousins. My brother is one year younger than me. We were like twins. And my mother started to tell us a story to distract us. We loved it. And the next day we ran to our father's study, which was in the corner of the garden, to tell him about it. He was very amused and started to draw. And that was how the story of Babar was born. My mother called him Bebe Elephant. It was my father who changed the name to Babar, but the first pages of the book with the elephant killed by a hunter and the escape <laughs> to the city was her story. <gasps> Holy shit. So this so she, was the comforting she, story to tell she, her kids. Right? She does get credit for that bedtime story, but that bedtime story was about a mother getting slaughtered in front of her kids. Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Cecile. Holy moly. Thanks, Cecile. Oh my gosh. Oh no. Back in the show, while the first two seasons focus on Babar's recollections of his childhood and early years as king, as well as some stories told by his children, the series shifts his focus in the third season to Babar's family life in the present day. Um, in a little description of Babar's character, he's a very smart and reasonable soul. He was also oh, very reasonable. protective of his family, as the thought of the hunter killing his mother was sealed inside his mind and would Jesus. never allow such a thing to happen to his family. He was very skilled in thinking critically and always knew that there was more than one solution to the same problem. He was always thinking positively and took great consideration in the feelings of others. 
He strongly believed in freedom and everyone was entitled to certain rights and used equality and fairness as a motivation for his behavior. Hey, why are we talking about Babar in the past tense? Yeah. <laughs> what happened uh-oh. to Babar? Oh, what Did happened to Babar? <laughs> oh, no. So the hunter into... comes back. You see, Babar, there's more than one solution to the problem. <laughs> so diving into the voice cast, we've got Gordon Pinsent as Babar. <gasps> Whoa! What? Right? He's like Canadian royalty. Yes, much. he is. So Gordon Pinsent started acting in Winnipeg's Theater 77 under John Hirsch. In the early 1960s, he appeared in Scarlet Hill and The Forest Rangers. He's since become a staple of Canadian television with roles including the series Quentin Durgeon's MP, A Gift to Last, which he created, The Red Green Show, Due South, Wind at My Back, and Power Play. Quentin Durgeon's MP is the most Canadian sounding TV show I've ever heard. <laughs> In 1979, he was made an officer of the Order of Canada and was promoted to companion in 1998. In 2006, he was made a fellow of the Royal Society of Canada. And on March 6, 2007, it was announced that Pinson would receive a star on Canada's Walk of Fame. On March 8, 2007, it was publicly announced in Toronto that Pinson had accepted the appointment of honorary chairman of the Building for the Future fundraising campaign for the Royal Canadian Regiment Museum. Wow. So Gordon, Who knew we Gordon had just... so many, like, orders and fellowships right? and things like that, and, like, that you can be a companion of Canada yeah. or something. Yeah, and our boy Gordy's <laughs> just got them all. Good so, job, Gord. A couple other names in, th- in this cast. We've got Don Greenhaug as Celeste, who's Babar's wife. We've got Elizabeth Hanna as the old lady. I think she's only ever called the old lady, but she's the person <laughs> that takes uh, Babar in when he goes to France. We've got Stuart Stone as Alexander, Chris Wiggins as Cordelius, and Stephen Wiemet as Pompadour. So let's go into the fandom for for this. Jumping into the Tumblr, there's a lot of just like nice, um, you know, clips of art, you know, clips of the illustrations from the books and and just like nice art throughout the the Tumblr um, tag. There's also a lot of like very humanoid fan art. Like nothing... No. Nothing creepy, nothing nothing unsettling, but very, very humanoid. Does he like, have fingers? He don't got fingers, but he, he like he's just got like the build of a human, you know? <laughs> you know? And I get that they're supposed to be like kind of humanoid in the show, but not to this extent. Like Oh my god. It's it's very interesting. That's I also so weird. found just just this text post in the uh Tumblr tag that says Lost in the big city, Babar is brought into a Starbucks by an elderly woman who teaches him how to order coffee in the properly metropolitan way. He likes to order Trentas, though he often wishes there was something bigger. Babar spends most of his time there, sitting quietly in the corner and trying not to get in anyone's way. When his family finds him and brings him home, Babar decides that the first and most important thing he can do for elephants is to open the new link in the Starbucks chain. The elephants make Babar their king. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Starbucks Babar fan fiction. Starbucks not Babar fan fiction. There, there you go. Over on Facebook, I found this post that it's a you know Facebook test, text post that says measles didn't used to be a big deal. What changed? And it's like a picture of one of the Babar books with like I guess all of the kids got measles, and it's just them kind of sitting that. and playing with measles. 
And there's yeah. just a comment underneath it that says, do, do you think children's books are a medical source? <laughs> just, <laughs> Why does just Babar follow. have the measles? It's not a big deal. Yes. I've also found a uh, Pinterest board, or a, at least one one pinned item, that's like outfit inspo, where like people will like put together outfits based on characters. So there's one based on Babar. <laughs> Whoa! So if you have, if you ever wanted like fancy feminine fashion, but to be repping that Babar look, it's it's on Pinterest. Damn! And there are three posts under r slash um, Babar on Reddit. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, the the first one, Uh-oh. the first one says Babar is honestly one of the best book to TV results ever. If I ever had the chance, would I get a trunk job? Maybe. What about you? <laughs> Leave a brief description on why Babar is your favorite show down below. And what's your favorite episode? Mine is season five, episode five. By far the best episode, in my opinion. Oh, my God. Um, this post says, you guys like Babar? Me too. I also like feet. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last post oh, no. is just requesting a rule 34 for Babar. So, goddamn, oh. just nothing is sacred. There's nothing good no. in the universe. <laughs> There's, there's there's nothing good. There's nothing good left. Jeez. But I, I will say uh, Babar is not without his flaws. It's actually, at least the books are highly contested, um, largely for being a colonization metaphor. I mean, essentially, right. Babar leaves Africa, is brought into France, is taught like how to be civilized, quote unquote, and then goes yeah. back and teaches everyone else how to be civilized and creates yeah. modern society. Uh, it's a oh holiday now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, these books, they started writing them in 1931. There's some really not great stuff in there. There's some really racist caricatures. And there's oh, no. a, there's some bad stuff. There's some bad stuff in there. Um, Laurent has acknowledged these and has personally withdrawn his contributions, um, you know, in light of everything. But there's there's a lot of critique on it. You can find a ton of articles out there talking about how do we address, you know, this colonization metaphor in these books. There is a book called Should We Burn Babar? Essays on Children's <laughs> Literature and the Power of Stories, which sounds wow. really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's some not great stuff in the books. I don't know. I mean, obviously, the greater message of it translates to the TV show. I don't think... The racially insensitive depictions made it into the TV show. I hope not. not. Um, but I've found a few articles relating to that. I found one that's very like pompously titled, Where do we draw the line when Babar offends? And it's just about like library censorship in schools. Oh, goodness. There's also a lot of critiques about the fact that, at least in the book series, Babar married his cousin. So <laughs> that's... <laughs> <laughs> As far as I know, they're not presented as cousins in the TV show, but in the books, <laughs> they're cousins. And I don't know if it's like that thing where, you know, you watch a period piece and you just call everybody cousin. I think they might just actually be cousins. <laughs> oh my know. goodness. But I I did uh, stumble across this article just, just to close out this literature review of what I found related to Babar. This article is called The Alt-Right is Slandering My Father's Beautiful Creation, Babar, by Jacques de Brunoff. I I will set this up right now by saying that this is a Medium article written by Cullen Crawford. 
My father made Babar. He invented him to be a friendly and kind elephant king and filled many empty white pages with his wondrous exploits. Now I am told that a group of political villains with nice haircuts called the alt-right have claimed my father's wonderful Babar as their cartoon mascot and are spreading disgusting <laughs> slanders about him. I will use this space to explain the terrible ways that they depict my father's sweet Babar are filthy lies from Hell's Furnace. Thank you. What? Number one. Babar is not nude. <laughs> the enormous Babar always wears a green suit of the finest clothing. It is nice and decent. He is not nude with visible genitals. <laughs> he is not nude with visible genitals like the false images spread by alt-right toilet men on the internet. I am told the purpose of... The toilet men. I am told the purpose. <laughs> I am told the purpose of these filts is to show that Babar has quote an intact foreskin. Sadly, my great father. Sadly, my great father never wrote a Babar circumcision, so I am powerless to contradict this particular foul claim, even as it drives me to vomit. Number two. The sweet and remarkable Babar does not hit lesbians with his car. <laughs> the alt-right sinners have made multiple memes of Babar striking and running over women in his bright red car. This is false, and also, I am crying. My father made Babar use his car to tour the countryside and visit friends. It is not Babar's weapon to kill kissing women, and they then say out loud to nobody, Hell yes, compadres, Babar did the awesome thing again. <laughs> Babar would not speak that way. This article goes on with a couple more points. I'm all dying. in all in this style, getting just increasingly more wild. It's it's, it's, oh it's, it's so funny. It's so funny. Babar's not nude. He's not nude. Oh god, I think that's the hardest I've laughed. It's even, <laughs> even harder than me put him in the pool. <laughs> put him in the pool. Just to close out with something a little bit more wholesome mm -hmm. in the fandom, uh, there is one blog post that I found in the fandom wiki, and it just says, Hi, Babar Wiki. Can you add in the weight for the rest of the characters, please? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta know uh, how much that elephant weighs. Gotta know how they stack up. Gotta know how they oh, stack fuck. up. Oh no. Oh <laughs> <laughs> right, toilet man. That Babar's, I'm gonna be thinking about that Babar article for a long time. <laughs> so we'll wrap up with some reviews. This one, uh, these are all from Common Sense Media. These first ones are from the parent section. This one says, quite a lot of violence. The hunter is always chasing the elephants around with a gun, and the main character's Jesus. father is killed by them. There's a lot of violence and death for a show aimed at kids. And then this one well, says- they got the lore wrong, obviously. Yeah. And this one says, okay, so Babar has some pluses for diversity and friendship, but I think it's too much for the under five set when there's some concepts they can't quite understand. I was disappointed to see in the first episode how Babar's mother is killed. And Baba runs around screaming, Mama, I think it's okay for five and older when you can discuss this concept, but my kids are three and they were very confused. Why did the man oh. kick Babar? Where's his mama? Oh, no. Like, Fuck, they just, they just really start off like, oh, no. It's, it's so bad. Uh, 
most of the reviews that I found are complaining about how violent that opening is. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. This is from the kids section. This one was written by a 14-year-old. Easily one of the best Kubo shows. Despite the dark episodes, I mean, Madeline had some dark episodes as well. Bapar <laughs> is an excellent show that airs on Kubo Thursday nights. It is a shame that we get CGI slash flash messes such as Paw Patrol or Esme and Roy, though not all of them are bad. Some old school animations like this, Madeline, Paddington, Rupert, Rescue Heroes, Pippi Longstocking, and Maggie and the Ferocious Beast are highly recommended if you watch Kubo. Oh, and the parent reviews are dumb. Nature Cattails is fake. Go Soak Your Head isn't profanity. And Flora calling Palm a dumbhead. Alexander calling Isabella brat. And Retaxes even saying Flora is a nitwit isn't true. Go and actually see the show. You must be really brain dead to post BS about calling a real show made in 1989 a ripoff fake show made supposedly in, in 1998. And that what? Hunter was in the movie. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I don't I don't know what allegations this 14-year-old's making there. Oh my goodness. Um another one from a kid. This one says, "Hunter attempting to kill elephants. This show is good, but during the series premiere, a hunter was trying to kill elephants with a gun, and I thought it was pretty scary. There are positive role models though. There was a scene when the hunter killed Babar's mom, but no blood was shown, which was a relief. Uh, yeah, I fucking hope so. <laughs> yeah, God. <laughs> this series is not the only adaptation of Babar. There was also a French live-action version in 1968. You can go look that up, The Adventures of, of Babar. You can look it up. There's like a two-hour video of it on YouTube. It's people wow. in like weird puppety mascot costumes, and it's kind of okay. creepy. Yeah. Um, also, Babar, King of the Elephants, which was a related film, was released by Alliance Films theatrically and an HBO home video as a direct-to-video film. And then in 2010, Babar and the Adventures of Badoo, which is also a Canadian-French production, uh, ran from 2010 to 2015, and it was a CGI adaptation of Babar. Outside of that, there was, you know, some board games released around... Uh, Babar, there was a Game Boy Advance game called Babar to the what? Rescue. You remember when you could just have a Game Boy game for everything? There were like three Hentaro yeah. Game Boy games. It's a great True. time. What a and also, time. I, I did find a lovely printed long sleeve sweatshirt on Lanvin.com that you can get for a lovely $780. So Jesus that's Christ. That's pretty sick. Now that's Babar style. That's a Babar style. The enormous Babar was always wearing a sweater that had it's a picture of clothes. him on it. But, you know, if that's if that's too steep for you, you could also get the t-shirt version, which is only $555. Oh, great. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's Babar. He does that's not have Babar. visible genitals. He did not hit lesbians with his car. He's not married to olive oil. What? Is that one of the other ones? Yeah. Oh my god. It's um uh, I I hope that we've helped to clear some of that up for you guys. <laughs> clear the air around Babar. <laughs> Gotta clear his name. Oh yeah? Why is that? Lily Randall and River Pierce are sleeping together. <laughs> No, they're not. Well, that is all the time we have for gossip, because that is not what our affair is about. 
So Lily finds out what's going on in possibly the worst way possible. Oh my god. The DJs are broadcasting at RFR, and they open up the line, and they get a call from somebody named Marilyn, and she immediately is like, guys, have you heard the latest news? And like all the boys are like, oh fuck. Calls into a radio station to be like, oh my god, these two teens are sleeping together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This truly is, like, radio station by high schoolers for high schoolers. Good lord. But yeah, basically, she blurts out that apparently Lily Randall and River Pierce are sleeping together. Which, guys, just just cut her off. Like, don't don't just let her stop. finish what she's saying. Lily's distraught, and she's trying to figure out, like, who, who would do this? And Ray's like, maybe you should ask River. And Lily's just, like, crestfallen. And she, she leaves, uh, I guess, to go confront River. But... Yeah, it's a bad time. It's not not a good way to find out about that rumor. And guys, just just don't let somebody say that on the radio. That could yeah, go real bad. My, gosh. my goodness. Dumb boys. Lily's in her basement with Parker, and she's just like super upset because she's like, oh, the whole school probably knows, especially if Audrey knows, then the whole school really knows. And Parker's like, well, I didn't know. <laughs> just such a Parker thing. <laughs> and, and we get like one of my, my favorite Parker moments. Um... Lily's like, nothing happened. We just like fell asleep watching a movie. And Parker's like, well, I hope that that doesn't mean anything. Because whenever I visit my my grandma, she's always asleep and the TV's on. So, and then she just kind of like stares off into the void. <laughs> Was not expecting that joke from our father. That's very, very funny. Lily's texted River to come over and River comes over and Lily confronts him. And says, you know, why would you start a rumor like that? And River's like, I, I wouldn't. I didn't know about the rumor. And I, I wouldn't do that. And Lily's like, well, who else would, would know? And River doesn't really have a response for that. But it's also like, you know, anybody could start a rumor about, yeah. like, like I feel like, I feel like, you know, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't in the in crowd, you know, in, in middle school, high school. But you would hear rumors of, oh, so-and-so and so-and-so are sleeping together and stuff like that because that was always the hot gossip item. Yeah. But Lily kind of, like, Lily's upset, so she kind of just tells River to get out and it seems like they're maybe over. So, you know, River's upset too because he, you know, he genuinely likes Lily and he's 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 being a good guy and stuff like that and he wouldn't do that. So he goes to uh, confront Ray and Ray's like, drop dead. It's like so dramatic, and he like he like reaches out to like stop Ray from leaving because he he wants Ray's help, and Ray says, "Touch me again, and the next word out of your mouth will be medic." It's just like, it's ugh. it's all of that like that Travis directed rage that we saw at the start of the season. Yeah, like it's back and it's pointed at River, and and River says, "You know, I would never do that to Lily. Like I really care about her," and Ray's like, "You know, who would do it then?" Um. So they're, they're all just trying to find out the mystery of, of who did this. But it seems like Ray's kind of like belief that, that River's the one who started it is shaken because you can see that River's genuinely upset about this whole thing being started. Meanwhile, Robbie goes by the Oracle office and he's like, you know what, Blair? We have two different styles, but how about a compromise? Why don't you give me my own column? And Blair's like, you've been working here for two weeks. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> God, uh. Robbie... I hadn't noticed the size of Robbie's head before. Like, yeah. like this in this this rewatch, it's really hitting home that Robbie's like just striding in, being like, "I'm really good at this. You should let me do all the things." And I'm like, no, Robbie, you gotta, 
you gotta prove yourself first. Like, there's so many other people here who probably have columns, have put in a lot of stories and stuff like that. And he's also, it's it's weird because he's also trying to balance the whole, like, he's like, do you want to go get a slice of pizza? And she's like, no, I've got a, I've got work to do. You've got this article to finish. And Robbie's like, give me a column. And Blair's like, no. Oof. And then on the uh, the bench of fate, uh, Ray and Grace are now sitting on the bench of fate. And uh, Grace is wondering, you know, are Lily and River going to get back together? And Ray's like, you know what? I kind of hope so. You know, Grace says, well, why? You know, he spread all those those rumors. And Ray's like, you know what? I don't think he, he did. And uh, <laughs> it comes out that Grace overheard Ray talking to Travis. And Grace told Nicole. And then, of course, Nicole told everybody else. So it really is entirely Ray's fault, which is hit home when Grace says, but I overheard you talking about it. Because, you know, Ray's wa basically walking around the hallway being like, oh my god, <laughs> Lily's sleeping with River. Like, he was not subtle about it at all. It's bad. Um, we get our second Lily song of the episode. It's considerably, considerably less lighthearted. It's essentially, you know, talking about people who are small-minded, only care about gossip. And it's dedicated to the people spreading the rumors, because... She's in a like a really shitty place right now, and and she's angry, deservedly so. Travis puts on some music, and Ray kind of asks, "Did you talk to River?" And Lily's like, "I'm never talking to him again." And basically, Ray says, "River didn't start the rumor. I did." And he explains what happens. Lily is angry. She says, "You know, you've you've ruined my reputation, my relationship, and my life. So thanks for that." And she storms out. And Ray's like, "I gotta fix this." So. Ray's gonna come up with some sort of Ray Brennan, Ray Brennan TM fix to the solution, which may or may not involve taking off his pants, but hopefully, hopefully not. And then we get the weird resolution of the uh, the Oracle Blair Robbie situation. Robbie kind of walks in and says, "Here, I have an article for you. It's for the front page." And Blair's like, "What?" <laughs> fully not understanding how this process process works yeah he's like we have we have two different styles i gotta keep my integrity basically telling like and i can't date you because we're too different but here have this story for the front page fuck she has every right to just look at him and be like fuck off get out of yeah. here and it's also it's bizarre that she she publishes the story because this front page story is racing I spread the rumor about River and Lily having sex. That's not something you publish on the front page of a school newspaper. How is Waller approving this? Where is Waller? He has not been yeah, around for so he? long. He's been gone for so long. Like, maybe maybe he's just truly on a sabbatical or something and, and chaos is taking over. Like, I don't know. I miss Waller. He wouldn't let that slide. Terrible. Oh, yeah. But it's 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 a pretty stupid way to resolve the whole thing is, uh, um, you know, Ray gets this story published and Blair doesn't edit a thing about it because, oh, God, I don't I don't even know. Because Robbie's dumb. just so great. Get it? He's so good at things and he can just walk in and uh, yeah. Oh, yep, remember yep, the start yep. of the show when it was like, oh, sweet boy, Robbie. Can do yeah. no wrong, and then this yeah. whole season. Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's really gotten a swelled head after a couple of years of RFR. Um, Lily, Lily walks into Cougar Radio, having read the story, and Rivers read the story, and so now they both know what's up, and they kind of clear the air, and 
they're back together and things are going well. Lily even says it's cake, which is a stupid, stupid catchphrase, but I guess it's a river thing. River and Lily are together. Blair and Robbie are not. Bree's kind of a big dumb and Travis is trying to mediate all his friends' problems as usual. Again. <laughs> so our pals at RadioFriosco4.tribe.com who do not know us at all and are not actually associated <laughs> with this podcast um, weren't able to identify a ton of the songs um, in this week's episode but we wouldn't do it ourselves either. So the songs we can identify are Love Me Perfectly by Sub and Catastrophe by The Dirt Mitts. So Sub's come up a lot, but we haven't talked about Sub yet. Sub, it turns out, is is among the last remnants of Ska in this season. Uh, Sub, is, here's their Wikipedia synopsis. Um, and boy, it goes into, like, Ska-related things. It's, it's fun. Um, Sub was a Canadian Ska punk band formed in November 1992 in Saint-Jean-sur-Richelieu, Quebec. Since their beginning in the early 1990s, the band released four full-length albums, one EP, and one split CD on the label Stomp Records and Underworld Records. Though they experienced several lineup changes over the years, founding members Marc Charon and Steph Gautier remained in the group. The band's musical style initially blended elements of punk rock, ska, and hardcore into a genre popularly known as ska punk or ska core which characterized their first two albums. I was really in hoping that when you said ska punk or they were going to say ska punk or skunk. <laughs> or skunk. <laughs> yes. Um, in 2002, they shifted gears, moving away from the sound and producing an album with a heavy pop punk influence. So I guess I was teasing the ska too early because um, this song uh, is from Daylight Saving, which is their 2002 album. Anywho, after a brief hiatus in 2003, the band moved back towards their ska, punk, and hardcore elements. So RFR featured the the one album that's a bit more pop punk, less ska. So uh, in December 2009, the band was officially on hiatus. They subsequently announced that they were disbanding at the beginning of spring 2010. They did one last tour, um, and they gave their last performance on November 20th, 2010 in their hometown of Saint-Jean-sur-Richelieu. And uh, I actually went on, Sub has a Facebook page, and they recently posted, they're like, we can't believe it's been 10 years, and it was a photo from their from their last show. Um, there is a YouTube upload of this uh, song, and the only comment on it is uh, from user Lance Stone, which is, like my comic, or like my comment if that TV show about that comic brought you here. And Lance Stone is the main character from Dark Oracle, so the person... <laughs> Just oh made God. a username entirely based around Dark Oracle. So, big Dark Oracle fan. That's pretty great. Um, but yeah, all of Sub's stuff is on Bandcamp, and I believe on Spotify as well, if you want to give it a listen. You can take the journey from ska core to pop punk back to ska core again, I guess, if that's something you want to do. <laughs> if you're not already, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at Podcast Free Roscoe on Facebook and Instagram or Podfree Roscoe on Twitter. And it's never too late to send us an email. Uh, we're coming around the around the final bend, but please, you know, let us know what you think of the show. Let us know your favorite RFR memories. Um, let us know your favorite CanCon stuff. <laughs> Did you know about Babar's colonialist <laughs> narratives? Did you know that Babar isn't nude? Because I didn't. <laughs> you know that Babar doesn't run over lesbians? <laughs> oh my god. 
send us an email at podcastfreeroscoe at gmail.com. So for now, this is Podcast Free Roscoe, signing off.